Welcome to the uh, Moving Forward Podcast. This is your uh, host, Corey Cottrell, and uh, we got my good buddy, Rio Verdenier here. Hey, guys. Uh, and we got, uh, we got Brian on. Brian, could you please introduce yourself and uh, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you came to be Yangay? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a 33-year-old uh, accountant from central Nebraska. Um, Trump supporter, everybody around here is, is pretty Republican, so... I uh, just kind of came naturally, and uh, I kind of uh, was joking with a coworker about how crazy the Democratic field was, and then he mentioned this Asian guy, and I was like, y- y- that guy that wanted to give away a thousand bucks, and you know, just kind of wrote him off, and he's like, actually, he's not that crazy, and then you know, got to digging into it a little bit, and uh, could not find a way to dislike him, so here I am. <laughs> That's, yeah. That seems to be true from all, all the people that I've talked to that you know are, are sort of Republican or, or even Trump supporter that kind of move over to the angle. Like I really like I'm supposed to hate Democrats, but I just couldn't figure out how to. I mean, I'll take it. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brian, the reason I asked you to come on is because you and I had this really interesting conversation about how both um, Donald Trump and uh, Bernie Sanders have uh, diagnosed some of the symptoms that a lot of the populist rage is being directed toward right now. And, you know, loss of jobs is, 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 is a really important part in both of them. And, and, and in both cases, they're scapegoating um, foreign workers for the real cause of most job loss, which is actually automation. And you told me on Twitter that the fact that Yang brought that to your attention made you realize that, oh my gosh, globalization isn't the problem. Automation is the problem. And I thought it was really beautiful. You said, like, if we actually have a UBI, that is indexed to GDP, then it, all of us would be benefiting from the wealth that's being created by free trade, right? And so it could actually turn a former nationalist into a globalist because of course there's no reason to be opposed to free trade if you're benefiting from it, right? The only reason to oppose it is if you're like, well, I'm getting the short, of the, short end of the stick and Andrew Yang is just cutting through that divide, which I think is almost, frankly, at this point, I think the globalist nationalist divide is actually more consequential than the left-right divide which is getting a, starting to be kind of pushed aside by that. So Yang is cutting through both of those. So can you, can you talk about that transformation that Yang helped you, the journey he took you on? Yeah, I, I think, you know, being from the Midwest, everybody sees that factories are closing, uh, malls are closing, all that stuff is closing. And, and uh, you know, prior to then, like, you know, I did economics in college, so I'm aware that, if you have a widget made in China for half the prices, the widget made in America, it's better to go get it from China. Like I always understood that, but it felt like we were playing by different rules and, and that it wasn't necessarily fair. And, uh, because of the unfair trade policies that were going on and, uh, you know, the high cost of having a worker here in America and low cost elsewhere, it was just, it wasn't very fair, uh, from what I was seeing. And, and, and so a little bit of that, you know, I, I understood that the globalist mindset was a more efficient mindset, but you know, we still have humans in this country that need to work and need to earn a paycheck and need to raise kids and all that. So, you know, that kind of turned me into a bit of a nationalist as, Mm -hmm. as you would say, but you know, with the idea that we can all elevate the bottom with Yang's ideas. And so when that happens, like everybody's going to want to seek the most efficient route, whether it's in America or in Chile or, across the ocean. Yeah. 
and 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 we'll all share in the prosperity as like shareholders of the U.S. economy. So right, that, and the great thing is, and sorry to cut you off there, is, nope, is not only are we raising the bar for American citizens, but by shipping good solid jobs overseas, we're actually doing the entire world a favor. So yeah, that's, we we, we could know, end global poverty. We could yeah, we could end global poverty and just create like uh, the largest middle class that this country's ever seen at the same time. I mean, if you don't have to do a menial job that, that's soulless and that you hate in order to survive, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah like, absolutely. I've seen, I've seen some people look at what, yeah, they're low information voters, but they'll look at what Yang is talking about and think that he's a Luddite, that he's anti-automation and nothing could be further from the truth. He's, he's absolutely pro-automation and it doesn't matter anyway because it's coming whether we like it or not. Like the amount of money that corporations are going to save by automating is something that you just can't legislate away. You can't change that. That's going to happen, right? But it, he's absolutely for it. And all he's saying is we should take the proceeds from the robots and make them work for us instead yeah. of 10 companies. Yeah, and glo globalization, like automation, is coming whether we want it or not, right? Yep. Um, preventing the United States from benefiting in the global economy is only going to make all of us more poor in the long term. Yeah. In the short term, the deregulation that Trump is doing is giving us a little boost. Um, the, uh, the tax cut is giving us a little bit of a boost. But in the long term, doing away with free trade is not a recipe for long-term economic well-being of this country. It's going to happen with or without us. So it makes much more sense to use Yang's approach where he's saying, let's make it work for the American people instead of trying to fight against the inevitable tide of, of you know, history. Absolutely. I, I mean, with a, with a backhoe, it takes 50 guys to dig a hole as fast as a backhoe does. And those 50 guys are out of work, but everybody benefits by the backhoe. Yes. So it's, it's, I mean, it's the exact same concept. Making rules to slow down the robot trucks or making rules to slow down automated factories is just going to make everybody more inefficient. And I mean, that's, I, I can't, I can't understand how that's a good option. Yeah, it, it, well, it's, who who was that? Was it Milton Friedman that went to uh, to China that I kept quoting for like yeah, the first? Yeah, I, I read that in uh, in in, uh, in in Yang's book and and like the first ten episodes, I just was fascinated by this thing. It's basically, Milton Friedman goes to China and is getting you know uh, 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 a tour of a giant work project or whatever, and the Chinese tour guy is like, everyone has jobs, and all these men otherwise wouldn't have jobs. Isn't that great? They'll have jobs. Uh, and you know, he was asking, like, where are all the, the earth-moving machines? Because they're all, like, digging ditches and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they said, no, 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 no. We don't use any machines because that way, you know, they would take jobs from these people. And Milton Friedman turns to them and goes, why would you give them a shovel then? <laughs> You're like, give them spoons. <laughs> it's just like... It, it's, it's all just about creating jobs. It's so good. And, and honestly, like, we were talking about this a little bit in the, in the previous episode. This might actually air after the debate. I hope that uh, Andrew Yang will go straight at that. Uh, because I think it, he's, he's got such an amazing uh, uh, um, opportunity to position himself uh, as the rational option to, uh, uh, to Bernie Sanders and just go straight at the federal jobs guarantee, which is like, to, to Rio's point, the worst idea in the entire suite of ideas currently going. It really is. No, and it's the most like that situation you just... Yeah, just that's, what I'm, that's why, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, have, why have machinery at all? Why not just yeah. why not just make them you know dig with spoons? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so the, Brian, um, you're right, of course. 
it's not fair, right? The, the problem with globalization and is just that it's not fair. The world isn't fair, you know? Conservatives are used to telling lefties that. The world isn't fair, right? Um, like, it's not. And, and, and if, if somebody who has a high cost of living in the United States has to compete with somebody who can live on pennies on the dollar in China, that's not fair to them. You're right about that. But is, is shutting down our borders and hiking taxes on imports really the solution to that? Is preventing American companies from being able to actually trade with other countries in the world? I mean, American-made cars have parts that are literally from 14, 15 different countries. That's an American-made car. That's like a Ford truck, right? Um, you, the, the cost of that truck is going to go through the roof if they can't import any of that stuff or if they have to pay a massive tariff on all of it. None of that makes any sense. We can't, we can't win a war with modernity. You know, We need to make it work for us. And that's what Andrew Yang is doing through his VAT, which is actually more progressive than high income taxes on the middle class and, uh, and, and the freedom dividend. Absolutely. And I, I, think, uh, I think the whole thing was like, I think smart people understand that. Like they know that everything's made in China for a reason. Um, but it's just, uh, I think we're seeing like, how, how is it possible to still keep these factory workers alive and thriving because yeah. they're citizens of our country? Like, I just didn't think it was possible. I didn't think there was a way. Uh, I mean, we all want, well, I shouldn't say we all, we all should want corporations to be incredibly successful in America. Uh, we sh all should want to share in their income tax revenues. And, and when we get the VAT passed, like we want the revenues to be high, right? So we want them to be efficient. We want them to keep their uh, headquarters here if their factories are overseas. I mean, it's all, it's all good. I just didn't see a way to make it possible for, to take care of that lower class of worker. Yeah, yeah like, like Corey likes to point out, there's a lot of um, righteous rage that is preventing people in the populist alt-right and the populist far left from being able to have any faith in our, our economic or political institutions anymore. And Andrew Yang is trying to rebuild faith in those institutions. And there's nothing that is going to rebuild faith in capitalism more than giving every American a share in, the, in, our, glo in our prosperity, our global prosperity, right. because right. we are part of the global economy. And when, you know, like, so if you're a shareholder of Amazon, you want those jobs automated. You want them to outsource everything, right? Well, Yang's going to make us all shareholders in all of it. Yeah, well, if you're again, it's not just a thousand dollars a month. It's indexed to GDP. It's in, like literally is a dividend. Right, right, and and customers want Amazon to automate those jobs too. Mm -hmm. Like everybody yeah. wants it. Right. Right. It's just a matter of making sure that we're not, you know, throwing an entire two or three generations of human beings on, you know, the, right. the, it, it, into the, the, the dumpster of history because we wanted a cheaper box. Right. And, right. and Yang right. has figured out how we can actually do that. Right. Like it's not, it, we don't want it, the, the you know, factory worker, the idea of a factory worker is dying. Like it's not, it's not like, man, it'd be really cool if we could bring you a factory job. No, 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 no. Horse and carriage drivers don't have much to do now. Right. <laughs> And, and there is, you know, nothing within the realm of physics that suggests that you can't automate an entire supply chain, right? Like Elon Musk is literally doing that. He, he like the space is six months, said, screw it, I'm going to make an entire automated thing. It didn't work, but he tried to do it in six months, right? And from that, he managed to figure out a way to get rid of 98% of the people that are actually working at a factory in a tent next door to his first try, right? And so within five years, every factory getting created is not going to have any humans in it because they're not going to need it. 
And that'll be forever. Elon, you can't go back from that. Elon, Elon Musk is not an evil, horrible corporate overlord, right? right. If, you, if, you, if you listen to Sanders and Trump, he, they would try to tell you that it's Elon Musk's fault because he's taken away those jobs. Elon Musk is a good guy. This guy is super rich and he lives a like ascetic existence because he's just focused on making society better. He's not, he's not about luxuries. He's, you know, this is a good man. And he backs Andrew Yang because he does, he knows very well that just because it's more efficient and smart business to do that doesn't mean that we should let all of these people fall by the wayside. So people like Elon Musk are not the problem. They're actually part of the solution. We just need to get their genius working for all of us. And also the, uh, the corporate overlords, as, as some might say, they want their consumers to be in good shape too. Like yes. if there's no citizens, there's nobody to buy their products and use their services. So, yep. I mean, I think even if they're evil corporate overlords, they still want customers to be alive. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, the demand yeah, not, side economics is just as important as supply side. It's it's and legit. With, 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 with the future of automation coming around the corner, supply side is the easy part. We need to solve the demand side part. Yeah. That's yeah. and like I've had people say that, you know, you're not gonna be able to convince any conservatives or Republicans to to vote for the dividend. And I'm like, no, 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 like literally corporate Democrats, corporate anyone. Like the, and I showed this on the last episode, but I'll I'll tell you, Brian. So I got a, a friend of mine who I've been arguing, you know, like I argue with Rio constantly, he's a conservative, he's a Republican, you know, we've been having these 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 these, you know, drop down fights for a long time. I sent him the Rogan podcast. He's like an eighteen million dollar business, right? And it's he's in plumbing or whatever, so it's a service uh, service kind of thing. He serves basically everyone construction, new construction, but emergencies, all that kind of stuff, right? So listens to the Rogan podcast. Five seconds later, he you know texts me back and says, No, this guy's brilliant, he's totally right. And I like I'm still in shock. But that's exactly what it is. Like the number of people that, and that was before we had uh, YangCurious.com, uh, where you can go in and you know put the 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 number, put in your town or whatever, and see the amount that uh, your town would have infused right bottom up uh, with uh, with with demand side economics. And uh, yeah, just it's it's amazing the number of customers that you would have potentially on any given day would probably go up by four times. It, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking my tiny town gets a million dollars a month. Just Boy, that it. is a small town if that's all you're right. getting. That is small. Right. That's like um, kissing cousin small. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, like, 10,000? 10,000 yeah. adults make a million? pretty small, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a huge amount. We have like four downtown stores that would just explode Yeah. if there was that kind of money there. Right. And, and small businesses would actually benefit from this too. It's not just the Amazons of the world that would benefit from it. Yep. Small right, right. Yeah, I mean, you have a coffee shop a and, you're, and the locals can't afford to buy your coffee. That's not good for business. Right. Well, and, and it gives you the space suddenly to start a coffee shop. Suddenly, like, there, there's, there's, there's a million dollars a month in a tiny town where people have actually, you know, that much more disposable income. Not everybody, but enough that, you know, that's a real thing. And if you're not working for a month while you're setting up your coffee shop, you're not going to die of starvation. Right. That, that's literally, we just had a coffee shop open in our town and everybody's super excited about it, but it's 260 for a regular black coffee. And it's like, you know, you can make it at home for probably five cents. So it's, yep. it's tough to justify, but give me a thousand dollars a month. I'll get coffee every morning. Right. And you'll yeah. feel good about it. You'll feel good about I'll it. Because right. about the matter it. is, People like to support local businesses. Yep. They don't want a future where a tiny handful of super international conglomerates make all the money. You know, people, I, I actually, I actually had a, a, an alt-right guy on Twitter tell me like, 
why didn't you free traders tell us that supporting Walmart was bad? We didn't understand that we were killing all the American jobs by buying all of our textiles from China. And, and my response to him was like, oh my God, we totally were telling you guys this the whole time. You just weren't listening to us. You know, uh, Americans, when they really reflect upon it, they want to support local businesses and, they will, and, and, and if they have the money to do it, they'll feel good about it. They should. Yeah, no, we, America needs Yang. Um, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to choose between either the status quo and Donald Trump um, or, you know, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, both of whom would, would actively make things worse than the status quo. We need a good choice. And for that to happen, we, we, we've got to nominate Yang, guys. Okay. Um, um, any, any, uh, anything else you want to say, Brian, before we, uh, before we bring this one to a close? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think you guys have already done a podcast about wealth tax versus VAT tax, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> as a, I'm a tax CPA, so I'm going to go back to my office and prepare some tax returns. So I have a, I have a pretty good idea. Wealth tax is just absolutely garbage. I would, I would be increasingly wealthy if we put a wealth tax in because I'd be able to bill these rich people just ungodly amounts of money to, uh, you know, valuate their assets in the most beneficial way and yeah, I, I do estate tax returns, and it's not uncommon to turn a hundred million dollar estate into fifteen million. Like it's not oh, yeah. all that Don, hard to Donald do. Donald Trump did it planning. himself. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, they, his his siblings' inheritance was massive, right? But they undervalued their father's estate so that they wouldn't have to pay um, in, estate taxes, inheritance taxes on it. So like, and it's all legal. It's all legal. Literally, that's just the way it works. You know, you, I, 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 I like Elizabeth Warren. I think she's smart. I think that you should totally vote for her because you're right, Brian. You would make bank off. My wife of her wants me to vote for Warren. <laughs> you I, mean, mean, that's, I, I keep trying to tell people like, and Yang doesn't listen to Andrew Yang and do a VAT instead. There's a reason yeah. that all the countries in Europe that had a wealth tax get away with it, and there's a reason why they still have a VAT. It's because one works and the other doesn't. It's, now, it's, all, in I all mean, fairness, my wife, who is a big Warren fan, pointed out to me that just because previous forms of a wealth tax didn't work doesn't mean this one won't work, and that is a, tr- a valid point. But I think that like it's fair to say that the um, the burden is on her to conv- to persuade those of us who are skeptical based on the failure in the past that hers is different and will actually work. Well, and, and, in a universe with a VAT, like you have to prove that it's better. Agreed. Right. You have to prove that that thing that has never worked before is better than this thing that has worked before. Yeah, no, it won't. It you can't win that argument. And start contrasting himself with the front runners. Especially if it's on those policy planks where he's got better data. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what it's, it's honestly, it's not even close. Uh, That is so easy. Like I get people with the, well, how do you know, how do you determine whether it's a staple or not? I'm like, Okay, so it's going to get a little complex if you're not that uh, you don't put the VAT on produce, say, or rent or whatever else that you want to do. But compared to the income tax, it's not even close in complexity. Yeah, I mean, rent is a pretty obvious one to exclude. Uh, Right. That said, I mean, even if even if it was just a flat 10 percent across the board, the fact that it is being used to fund a UBI makes it not regressive. The one the one the one the only sound argument against Yang's proposal that I've heard from the left is that people who are already currently getting more than a thousand dollars a month worth of benefits from welfare um, are they're only going to have to pay a little bit more um, and 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 they're not going to get anything in, in benefits. And Yang has literally said the solution to that is to increase the welfare benefits to offset 
the VAT. He's flat said that. And it's an easy fix. We could afford to do it. He has a plan to pay for it. And, and the left doesn't want to hear it. They're like, plug their ears. Wait, he has, a, he has a solution to the only sound criticism we've made to his policy. We're just going to pretend we didn't hear him say that. That's literally where they're at. And it's For just, the record, when he like, says the left, he's talking about <laughs> some of the silly people on the left. I'm talking as, about the Bernie Bolsheviks. I'm just saying, like you said, the left, of which like technically I'm supposed to be a part. Just saying. Uh, you're, you're center right like me, buddy. You just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I always get a crack of uh, the rent. Everybody's rent is going to go up exactly one thousand dollars a month. Yeah, like yeah. come on, man. Oh, like, that hurts. It's, you, can, you can tell that the people who are saying that doesn't. So dumb, have, it's hard yeah. to view it. The people who are saying that clearly have never been a landlord. You can't just right. like that's not that's. They've not never that. been in business. That's the problem, right? Like the the, the yeah. if you've been if you've been a cubicle drone or freaking somebody who's been having to work uh, three freaking jobs over and over and over and over again, right? You might think that it works that way because you're too busy working at McDonald's for eighteen hours a day to understand that there's real economics at play that don't allow for that. Right. So I, like, I, I don't want to just like automatically vilify everyone for not understanding it, but for the love of God, learn. <laughs> I mean, either, it it costs you a thousand dollars a month to be ignorant about this. No, I, I definitely don't want to vilify all of them. So to be really clear, I'm not doing that. What I am saying though, and I think this is basically true, is that you, you're either stupid, ignorant, or evil. You've got to be one of those three things. If you're preferring Bernie Sanders's platform to Andrew Yang's platform. <laughs> stupid, ignorant, or evil. Most of them are one of the first two. The smart Bernie Sanders supporters are the ones I think are evil. And they, they are the ones, they are the ones who always say, I don't like Yang's platform because it's too good for capitalism. I mean, if yeah. they want capitalism to fail, as they tell us they want, and these are the smart ones, these people are very smart. These people are educated. They know what they're talking about. They know what democratic socialism is. They know it's not Norway, and they want it. I like turtles. <laughs> sober thought. Okay, <laughs> you guys, you have to support us on Patreon to see the very sober face that Brian just made when I finished that statement. <laughs> I, I had nothing to add. I mean, you absolutely nailed it. And it's, that's, that's one of my beefs with Elizabeth Warren is because I do think she's brilliant. And yeah. I think she's pushing policies that are not going to work. And I think she knows it. That's, I, honestly, I'm kind of... On, on the same boat. I mean, I think she's going back to the well because a lot of politicians think you need to pick from the Olverton window available things, right? Yeah. So I still think, and, and it, it might be a hope because I've been following Elizabeth Warren for a long time, that if she finishes reading Andrew Yang's book, she's like, oh, this motherfucker's right. You know, I, I, I actually, I want to throw Warren a bone because like she, unlike Bernie Sanders, she came out with, she actually said how she would pay for her Medicare for all policy, right? Mm -hmm. She has a plan for it. And not only that, but it doesn't include increasing taxes on the middle class, which I very much appreciate. So I think it's possible that she just really, she, she really, for some reason thinks that the, the, her goal is how do we help the people we need to help without putting the burden on the middle class? And I think that's a very noble goal. And unlike Sanders, again, she also calls herself a capitalist, which I appreciate, right? Um, so I can kind of see how somebody with that noble goal would say, like, well, we've got to take the money from the rich people, so let's do a wealth tax. Um, for that, it really does just come down to Yang needs to make the case for, okay, you say it's going to work, even though it hasn't worked in Europe. What's different about your plan? That's what well, he And not, not even what's different. What's better than a VAT that we know will work? Th both. 
right? Like that, you, you have to make the distinction, but also say like, not just that your thing is going to work when it hasn't worked before. Yeah. Why is that, you know, a situation for income redistribution, which both of these things are for, right? Why is that going to work better than this thing that we already know systemically works in like a dozen countries, all of which have better services than the United States? Actually, really, Yang's the only person who's doing income redistribution. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody that Bernie Sanders sure. rails, yeah, Bernie Sanders rails constantly against income inequality. But as far as I can tell, the only thing he doesn't think should be universal is an income. <laughs> That's fair enough. All right. Passive income is not a bourgeois vice. It's a good thing. It frees you up to do the work you want to do. It frees you up to be a stay-at-home parent if you want. It is a good thing. Passive income is not bad for capitalism. Literally, the whole point of capitalism is to help more people get out of wage slavery and build assets and have passive income. That is why capitalism is a good thing, and Yang is making it possible for every American to be a capitalist. But experience the benefits of it, like in real terms, right? Like talk about getting way more yeah, buy-in I mean, for the whole system. Be a capitalist in the sense that they have. Do you own the fruits of capital. Yeah. capital? yeah, and he's doing it in a way that doesn't piss off anybody, really. Right, like, nobody, right. Nobody can be against it. The big companies are fine with it because they get more consumers. The little people are fine with it because they get twelve thousand dollars a year. Like, yeah, I, I really, did. I, I think the middle I class gets this. tax relief, which they desperately need. Right. I'm just, I'm shocked that Yang's support is under a hundred percent. I think yeah. that's, yes, yes. I, I'm shocked. So Brian, what, what kind of food would you say Andrew Yang is? <laughs> what kind of food? He's like, he's probably chicken and rice. It's delicious, <laughs> but also very healthy. Okay. Something you can live off of. Andrew Yang is our chicken rice. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang Gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod, and uh, find and join the Moving Forward Podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. When Trump said, I like poorly educated, I like the poorly educated, it's because he knows they're the rubes that he can sucker. It, they're the people yeah. he made money screwing his entire career. And he's, he's just going to run the United States into the ground just like he did all of his businesses. He's going to pocket all the money for himself and he's going to leave his investors who are us holding, hold, like, 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 having to pay for it, basically. Like, that's what's going to happen. Um, can yeah, confirm. He, Walsh is also a hero. Mitt Romney's a hero. Yeah, I mean, that's it, Joe Walsh. I, I'm not quite ready to call him a hero yet. Although, <laughs> oh, again, my, my stated thing is like, I, I'm going to leave the door open to any Trump supporter. And if your goal is to spend the rest of your life trying to make up for your fucked up mistake, then I'm with you, right? I'm, I'm yeah. there for you. Uh, and he is doing that. Uh, yes. But he's got a little bit more to atone to than your average Trump supporter because <laughs> oh, he was he was a dick before Trump, but he's doing it now, right? And like, and, and seeing that opportunity for, you know, the fact that there are people that have conservative views that now no longer have a home. You don't have to be a saint to be a hero. You just have to stand up for the right thing when it really counts. Well said, Rio. Right. You're a fucking horrible villain. I keep telling people. <laughs> okay. Most oh, of the time. <laughs>